Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for joining me. I think ever since E.T. hit the big movie screens, people have been fascinated with uh, things from outer space. I know there's always been a fascination with Star Trek and all the things that pertain to extraterrestrial. And I know there's a big fascination with UFOs. There is an older Gallup poll that said that about half of Americans believe they're real. And about 12% have claimed to have witnessed a UFO. And some of the sightings that have shown up in the news lately have been pretty interesting, I have to admit. I don't know if I believe them or not, but I, I see it and I think, huh, that is interesting. I don't know what to make of it. But I wonder what the Christian perspective is on this incredible phenomenon. Today we're going to talk to Ken Samples, who's a monthly guest on the show. He's uh, at reasons.org, uh, and he is the senior uh, scholar senior research scholar at reasons.org and he's a terrifically interesting guy and one that I look forward to talking to every month and he's on our studio line right now. Ken, welcome. Hey Bill, it's good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. You know, this is such an interesting topic because I I see news reports of UFOs and I, I don't pay much attention to them and really when I think about it and I think of the statistics that there's so many Americans that believe in them um, and so many have claimed to have seen them. I wonder what the Christian perspective is on on them. Yeah, it's a uh, might say an up, up and away topic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, in two thousand two, Bill, um, I was a part of a team that wrote a book on UFOs. The title of that book is "Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men." And what I liked about our book was. Um, one of the scholars, Hugh Ross, is an astronomer. Uh, another scholar, Mark Clark, is a security expert, national security expert, you know, so government buildings and hiding UFOs and things like that. And then I've done a lot of research on UFO religion. And um, I think that ufology, as it's called, although I've noticed recently it's moved from UFO to UAP, uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. But out of World War II is really when ufology is kind of birthed. There were pilots in World War II who claimed to see some kind of aerial phenomena. And then after the war, people began seeing things. But this really kind of snowballed into uh, people seeing unusual things in the sky to later uh, people claiming to have had contact with uh, UFO people, and then even abduction, where people are taken uh, on a ship. So uh, there is a whole UFO religion. And interestingly, Bill, the religion is deeply connected to the occult. Mm. So, uh, you know, kind of, there are kind of three views. One view is what I call the unidentified view, that maybe people 
have misidentified either natural phenomena or man-made phenomena. Uh, a second view is what we call the extraterrestrial view, that these are these are beings from another part, another galaxy. And then the third one is the interdimensional hypothesis that maybe these are not physical creatures, but spiritual creatures and arguably demonic. Wow. So you have some, you have some differing explanations that are offered. Because mm -hmm. if we look at the solar system, I can't imagine there's too many uh, places, maybe Mars and maybe another moon out there that's even able to support life. So your your demonic uh, take on this is very interesting because they wouldn't need a place that supported life to survive, would they? Yeah, I think if you think about those three views, we, one of the position we kind of take in our book is that anywhere from from ninety to ninety nine percent of UFO reports are some kind of misidentification. So there are only very few reports that seem to defy a naturalist explanation. Now, now looking at that second interpretation of extraterrestrial, uh, if they came from another galaxy, Bill, there are enormous intellectual problems with the idea. The, uh, the ability to cover incredible distances, then space travel is not an easy thing. Uh, can you imagine the kids in the back of the UFO? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are just enormous problems with the idea of 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 you know ships traveling uh, extraterrestrially, which then leads to the conclusion: Could this small, we call it a residual, maybe one to five percent, could they actually be spiritual? And uh, given that. Uh, Given that they are connected to kind of occult beliefs, uh, we conclude that maybe a very small percentage could be spiritual. It could be demonic. Well, when you look at what Scripture says about our battles not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of this world, I mean, if we could see what was going on in the invisible world, we'd probably never leave our house. Yeah, I mean... We're not doing the, that anyway, but you know what I mean. That's right. It's interesting. The recent reports over the last number of months have come largely from Navy, naval aviators. Right. And I, I've noticed that they often say that they see these crafts performing uh, performing actions in in the atmosphere that would kill physical pilots. Wow. Which makes me think that uh, maybe we're not dealing with with physics. Maybe we're not dealing with the natural world. But but I'll I'll tell you another interesting element. Uh, often people who see UFOs, not always, but many times people who see UFOs have some connection to occultism. Okay. So you've got these kind of varying factors as you kind of work through. You know, these kinds of things. And I'll, I'll tell you another interesting element, Bill. In the 1200s, so this is the Middle Ages, Thomas Aquinas, the great Catholic philosopher, he speculated about whether God could have created life in other, in other worlds. So this is not something that Christians have just thought about recently. This is something Christians have thought. You know, could, 
creation be more expansive than we realize? Could it include another race of beings? Would they be fallen? Would they need a redeemer? It's interesting to me that Christians have thought deeply about the implications of their worldview. And, and with Thomas Aquinas, it extends even to uh, life in other worlds. When I see some of those reports and when I see some uh, military pilots kind of being in awe of what they're seeing, and there's more than one seeing this occurrence in the sky, I don't think of them as being tied to the occult. I think of them as being pretty clear-minded, being unbiased. Do you, do you see it that way or, or not? Good question. I would certainly agree that these are people who have specialized training, and so they are trained to pick up uh, realities uh, in the atmosphere. And so these are very credible uh, people in terms of reporting. So they're not crackpots. They're not people that would exaggerate or engage in dishonesty. And yet, Bill, because the occult has, be has permeated our culture, it's possible that even, uh, even pilots have some connection. Now, again, I want to qualify that. Uh, you know, looking at statistics, it's very difficult. I think a lot of, I think most people who claim to see UFOs, it's a problem of explanation. They don't realize what they're seeing. But with the pilots, they have credibility. Mm -hmm. um, but again, occultism, it permeates our culture and, and people may, uh, may be dabbling in the occult and not know it. Oh, wow. So just to help us understand uh, the difference, explain again uh, our, our residential UFO or a RUFO. Yes. So if you've got these three broad theories, uh, you know, unexplained, that would account for 90 to 95, maybe 99 percent. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the extraterrestrial. They're in some other galaxy far, far away. Then you've got the interdimensional hypothesis, which says I, there is this very small percentage, maybe maybe one percent, uh, that doesn't doesn't fit any of the other categories. Uh, it doesn't fit natural or man-made phenomena. It seems to fit more with a spiritual reality. And uh, again, if you look at UFO cults, this is they're deeply connected to contacteeism, abduction. Uh, remember Heaven's Gate in the late 90s, uh, Hellbop Comet. This was the, the, the group, this religious group that committed suicide, believing that when they committed suicide, they would join the UFO that was behind the Hellbop Comet. There are a lot of UFO religions, and they're deeply connected to kind of spiritism and things of that nature. So this very small percentage seems to be a religious phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Now, now, am I certain about that? I'm not certain about anything when it comes to UFOs. Okay, very interesting. All right, Ken, I want to make sure uh, after the break that I invite listeners to participate in this discussion, especially if you've been wondering or you've had a question, you can send a text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Uh, we're on the topic of uh, UFOs and, and uh, RUFOs, and I'm just learning it myself right now. But we're just trying to wade through the, the UFO phenomenon, that fascination that people have with uh, 
extraterrestrial things, and is it a spiritual demonic thing, or exactly what is it? We're talking to Ken Samples, who's a philosopher and a theologian from Reasons.org. We'll be right back. My guest is Ken Samples, a regular guest on the show. You can find more about him at reasons.org. He's also author, uh, co-authored of a book called Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men. We're talking about the UFO phenomenon, and uh, I'm, I'm still in the learning phase here, Ken, so you're going to please be patient with me. Um, I would like to hear again um, about some of the, the general hypothesis about UFOs. Now, I know that there is something called the misidentified hypothesis, um, but the uh, the second theory you talk about the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Would you explain those two? Yes, um, I think it's very important to recognize that to people who are not trained, it is easy to see things in the sky and to misidentify them. Uh, you've got two types of basic misidentifications. Some would be natural phenomena. I mean, there, there's a lot of things up there in space, um, planets, moons, um, stars. Um, it's possible that people see things and they're misidentifying purely natural phenomena. Uh, the second type of misidentification, of course, could be a man-made phenomena. I don't live too far from a military Air Force base, and I remember one night late coming home from teaching a class, very foggy, and uh, I saw a craft come out of a cloud, uh, large cloud, very foggy time, and it it just looked extraordinary to me. Um, but later I realized there it was merely a jet. It was a uh, craft that had come out of there. But if you look at some of the advanced uh, uh, craft that even the United States has had, SR-71, B-2 bomber, and of course, Bill, there are, there are people in the government who have asked, well, could this new uh, the series of reports about aerial phenomena, could they be Chinese? Could they be uh, Russian? Um, and so... I would say the vast majority, I'm confident in saying this, that probably 90 to maybe 99% of what people see and report are probably just misidentified natural or human phenomena. Okay. Now, that's, so that's one explanation. Now, of course, if 99% of them are unexplained and they're natural or, uh, or human phenomena, some would suggest, well, maybe they all are. Well, um, if we move to the extraterrestrial, and of course this opens the door to, you know, science fiction. We love science fiction. I'm I like the original Star Trek series. Lots of people like Star Wars. I mean, it's uh, C.S. Lewis had his, uh, you know, his uh, space trilogy. The extraterrestrial, of course, is this theory that uh, 
you know, the universe is a very large place. Uh, and maybe it's possible there is life in another galaxy. And maybe this extraordinary civilization has developed spacecraft that can take them across galaxies. Uh, what What is extremely difficult, again, about that is um, uh, it is difficult to travel. And you'd have to have really multi-generational uh, groups now, of course, people would suggest, well, maybe they found a wormhole or maybe they have developed technology that allows them to do the things they do on Star Trek. But uh, that's a lot of assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and of course, if if they can't be if there are some UFOs that can't be explained naturally and if the extraterrestrial hypothesis is enormously difficult, should we then think of some other alternative idea? And of course, from a Christian worldview point of view, I mean, not everybody's Christian, but Christians believe that uh, God created the world and he created matter and time and space and human beings, but he also created a spiritual realm. And we believe that uh, some of the angels rebelled and so is it possible this could actually be a religious phenomena, not just merely a reporting of things in the sky? Uh, that's a, you're giving me a lot to think about here, Ken. I might need to take a nap right now. <laughs> well, you know, what I think is interesting, uh, Bill, is um, what we attempt to do in our book is develop what what uh, I call in logic, abductive reasoning. What is the best explanation for phenomena? And, and so what we do is, in the early part of the book, we explain uh, what most people see. We talk about uh, natural phenomena. We talk about what people see in space. Uh, then we develop you know, ideas about uh, conspiracy theories, because, you know, you have uh, you have Area 51, you have uh, various places where people have said the government is hiding these kinds of things. So we look at that and then slowly and gradually we develop we develop what we call a residual UFO point of view. And again, uh some people would think, Bill, just talking about UFOs is just crackpot. It's just nonsense. Nobody should give it any kind of attention. But from a Christian apologetic point of view, we do give it attention because lots of people are interested in the topic and because it is a religious phenomenon. And so we took it seriously. And uh, what I like about our book is we have an astronomer uh, we have a, a national security expert, and I've done an extensive amount of research in UFO religion. So I think you have three people who are coming at it very soberly, very carefully. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is a topic that people are asking about. So to every man an answer mm -hmm. was our focus. All right, Ken, I had a caller that said, perhaps we don't understand all the universe God has created. Space is huge. What could be there that we don't recognize? Well, I, I, think, you're, I think your caller is right. I mean, it seems to me, Bill, that the more we study nature, the more we study the created realm, the more complex it is. Um, it, 
it never ceases to amaze me the complexity in the universe. Now, scientists talk about a universe that's expanding. Uh, there are debates about how old the universe is. There are debates about whether you could have a, a past infinite. Christians uh, believe that God created the world. Big Bang cosmology is largely very connected to that type of idea. But scientists and physicists also talk about a universe that may be uh, infinite in extent. So there's no doubt your caller is right. We live in a very large universe, and uh, it is complex, and there may be things that we don't understand. And I think anybody who talks about USOs or thinks about them ought to be cautious and deliberate. Mm-hmm. Another a listener said, uh, I've seen demons in the spiritual world. I was wondering about aliens like from other planets, like a lot of people says that they've been abducted by aliens. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, you have. Uh, so initially, UFOs are things that people see in the sky. Pilots sometimes uh, make reports about them. Then uh, the phenomenon came to a point where people were claiming to actually have encountered them, you know, close encounters of the first, third, fourth kind. But what followed that was uh, contacteeism, where people actually claimed to have contact with UFO beings. And then uh, a phenomenon that came in the 70s and 80s and 90s was abduction, where uh, people could be abducted from their home uh, or, you know, maybe walking out on the farm and were taken aboard a ship. Uh, a lot of these people claim to have suffered because of this, that they, they saw this as a tortured experience, as a horrific, hellish type of, of experience. Um, it, it is an interesting question, Bill. Why, why? does the religion of UFOs lead so much into the occult? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it all does. There, there, is, there are no UFO religions that don't have this kind of mystical, occultic belief system. So, um, yeah, there are people who have claimed to have been abducted, and um, virtually all of them, Bill, have psychological problems, uh, see this as a horrific type of experience. And there have been reports that people have actually been killed in connection with something related to a UFO. Mm -hmm. It's hard to sort out all these things. It really is. Ken, let me take a break. Uh, I've got lots of questions coming in. Uh, here's one. We won't deal with it till after the break. But what about the possibility of the accidental uncloaking of demons and such being made visible? Some interesting stuff coming in. Ken Samples is my guest. He's a philosopher and theologian. And we're going to be uh, right back in a few minutes.
right, we are back with Ken Samples. We're talking about a book he wrote a while ago called Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men. Talking about the UFO phenomenon and what we know and what we don't know. And have some very interesting uh, callers coming in. And the one right before we went to break, Ken, I wanted to uh, return to. And now I've lost it. So good for me. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. What about the possibility of the accidental uncloaking of demons and such being made visible? Yeah, you know, I think that when we think about, um, when theologians think about what we call demonology, uh, and of course, again, the Christian worldview realizes that there is a spiritual realm. Uh, scripture takes seriously the idea that there is a, a being uh, called Satan. Uh, and Scripture indicates that he has great power. I, I think of something C.S. Lewis said. L Lewis said, uh, and by the way, uh, uh, Lewis's uh, books, the Screw Tape Letters, that's what made Lewis kind of famous uh, in the 1940s. He dedicated that book, by the way, to J.R.R. Tolkien, a friend of his. Um, but Lewis said that demons seem to be pleased with two approaches to their existence. One is to ignore them. The other is to become fascinated with them. And I, I think the concern is how do you navigate that kind of situation where I've met Christians who I think are uh, over-exaggerate things. I mean, I'll give you one, one point to realize. Uh, the devil is an angelic being, so he is a creature. So if God were to remove his providential hand, the devil would tumble into non-existence. The, the point I'm making there, Bill, is simply this. The devil is not a, a, a rival to God. God is the creator of all things. And yet, even though uh, he is a finite creature, the New Testament indicates he has great power. So this phenomenon, I think, has to be looked at very carefully because the more religiously you penetrate the UFO phenomenon, the more it does appear to be kind of religious. And, and even if there are naval aviators who are seeing phenomena in the sky that doesn't conform with physics, then the question is, well, what what's happening there? Are they seeing something uh, that's not physical in its nature? Uh, so I think we need to be very discerning about these things. Uh, I also think we need to realize that God is the creator. He is the redeemer, uh, that the Lord is in control of our lives, and we shouldn't give too much credit to the demonic realms of life. That's kind of the, the theologian in me wanting to you know, steer a careful path. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have to say that um, this phenomenon, uh, it is religious, and it's it's on the dark side. Mm -hmm. One of my listeners uh, named Vance said, uh, Revelation talks about Satan masquerading as an angel of light, and the UFO phenomenon to me is simply one of the multi-pronged efforts to confuse and make the Bible seem less relevant and outdated. However, I have seen lights seemingly from relatively low-flying crafts geometrically darting across the sky at impossible trajectories. Um, and that was over a couple decades ago in Los Angeles. 
you know what, what I think is interesting there, Bill, is um, my thought about the demonic is it is in the in the Bible it is often connected to deception. It is connected to false teaching. Uh, it is uh, to get people off the, the path, to, to take them maybe to a path of idolatry. Uh, I think that that's a very real element, that um, there is deep deception. And uh, that has to be looked at very, very carefully. Uh, though, again, we need to, as we develop our explanatory model here, we need to realize that maybe 90 to 99% have natural explanations. So th this is a small phenomenon uh, in terms of this large question of, you know, uh, UFOs or UAPs. So we have to kind of keep it in a, um, we, we, I think we have to offer an explanatory model that's helpful. And I, I, there's one more point I want to make, Bill. Lest you think that only Christians believe that there are residual UFOs, there are very thoughtful scholars. Uh, I'll mention Alan Hynek, who had connection to the old Project Blue Book back in the, the 1950s. Uh, Jacques Vallée, a French scholar, uh, they talk about the reality of uh, uh, ex interdimensional beings. So it's not just Christians who recognize this is a possible explanatory category. Mm -hmm. My uh, Rebecca, um, my producer, who is a straight-A student, has a question for you. I was also a straight-A student, and then I took my first quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I always love learning with you. Uh, and this is such a fascinating topic. One question that I've often wondered about are there are pretty famous atheists, people that would, would scoff at the idea of, of God or a creator that also seem to be open to the idea of UFO, extraterrestrial life. Uh, Carl Sagan, I believe, was a pretty famous one. And even Bill Nye um, has talked about the idea that maybe this maybe the life on our planet maybe came from another source out there somewhere extraterrestrially. What do you make of, of that combination of ideas in one person? That's a very, I'm really glad you brought that up, Rebecca, because, uh, you know, Carl Sagan, for example, um, he thought life in this universe had evolved purely by natural processes. So if life had evolved on earth, and there may be untold numbers of other life-sustaining planets. Um, I mean, uh, Sagan and others have said that maybe uh, Frank Drake was another scientist who said maybe there, maybe there are literally hundreds of millions of planets. And if life evolved here purely by natural processes, by evolution, then maybe it would over there. So from their naturalistic perspective, I think they probably would conclude that maybe extraterrestrial life might be more reasonable than believing that there's a God. Now, of course, uh, a lot of that hasn't, hasn't panned out. I mean, we're still at a very, uh, you know, our development of, of examining planets outside of our solar system is at a very limited viewpoint. But the more we have discovered about Earth, the more the idea is that Earth may be rare, it may be unique, that we live in a unique part of the solar system that is habitable. 
But you're exactly right. Uh, Carl Sagan, Frank Drake, uh, Nye, these, these people are naturalists. They believe nature is the whole reality. They believe there's no God. So wouldn't it be possible if life evolved here, maybe evolved there, and maybe, I mean, after all, you have the federal government uh, looking at SETI, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So you ha- you certainly have atheists who are open to this idea. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got a caller. Uh, Michael's calling in. Got a question for you, Ken. Michael, welcome to the show. So glad you called. Thank you. I, I've just been listening for a few minutes. I don't know how much ground you've covered. We were just talking I've about been... you, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, I've, been, I've been talking about you most of the day today. <laughs> oh, so. good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I was born in 1954, and uh, and I, I became a Christian uh, back in 73. And, you know, when the, the first thing I experienced is one night, my my girlfriend and I were out, and we we saw the Rory Borealis, but I had no idea what it was, and I thought it was some kind of manifestation from I don't know where, and it's just very strange. And I I told her I said, well, you know, I don't know what it is because these lights just kept fading in and out, and they started way up high, and it's just these beams. And I said, but God knows what it is, and uh, and, and so then. Our, our neighbor, uh, my neighbor, I found out, he said, well, it's the Rory Borealis. And I said, what? But, but you know, the, the second thing with with strange phenomenon is, you know, back in the 70s, we always heard about uh, uh, UFOs and then people being uh, abducted and stuff. And I, I just had never heard anybody that that identified themselves as a strong Christian being abducted. And I, so, so I, I tend to feel that, you know, when the Bible says that Satan is the prince and power of the air, uh, that, that God has given him just like he gave, gave Satan, uh, jurisdiction over Job with limited powers that, that God has given Satan the opportunity to, to make appearances and, and I, I, I just have a hard time believing in extraterrestrial life. I know they're always searching for it and never finding it, but I, I just believe that that's just a, a manifestation of, of Satan to confuse people, and and that and that if if we're not believers, that it's very easy to get us confused. Very interesting point, Michael. Uh, Ken, would you like to comment on that? Yeah, let me let me say a couple things, Michael, about this. Uh, one of the things we do in our book is we talk about we we give a list of natural phenomenon that could be confusing to people: uh, moon, stars, planets, unusual weather condition, comets, meteor swarms, um, flocks of birds, swam, swarms of flying insects, hot ionized gas, earth lights, ball lightning. Oreo Boralis. There are a lot of natural things that you see, and they look very unusual. And then, of course, we could talk about uh, 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 man-made phenomenon, balloons, military aircraft, unconventional aircraft, B-2 bomber, SR-71, advertising planes, artificial Earth satellites, hovering aircraft, blimps, rockets, kites, fireworks, lasers, searchlights. So there is 
the sky can look very unusual. Um, and, and again, I like I said, I saw a jet come out uh, on a very foggy day, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I thought I was seeing, you know, the, the Enterprise uh, from Star Trek. Hmm. The, the other thing, however, as we, we talk about the, the demonic, we talk about the supernatural, um, I, I, I think we don't want to overstate the case. Um, I think there are times where Christians can become fascinated with the supernatural and the demonic and blame everything on the demonic. Frankly, I think most of the bad things in the world could be pretty much explained by human nature. But I will tell you, um, and I, if I were to identify myself on Lewis's scale, you know, people who ignore the demonic or become fascinated, I think I would be in the direction of ignoring it. But I'll tell you, and I'm, I'm being very candid now, um, I was researching this book, and uh, in the latter stages of writing it, I felt deeply oppressed. And... Uh, I, my wife and I both had experiences that were very uh, off-putting and negative, and I was very happy to be, d be done with that project. So, uh, you know, there, there are realities in life, and of course, if you're not a Christian, uh, maybe you're a purely a naturalist, you're an atheist, you question the supernatural— uh, you may think, well, that's crazy to talk about these kinds of things. But from our worldview, we, we think that there is a reality, and I think it has to be looked at carefully. And again, I, I just think it's fascinating that all UFO religion from A to Z is uh, some kind of occult manifestation. Oh, so interesting. Uh, Michael, thank you for the call. And Ken, thank you for that answer. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, more with Ken Samples. He's our guest for the full hour. We're talking about UFOs and other extraterrestrial things. And if you have a question or a comment, let me know what it is. You can send it to 877-933-2484. back with Ken Samples. We're talking about UFOs, and Ken's written a book, which came out a while ago, called Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men. He co-wrote with Hugh Ross and others. And, uh, Ken, i got a bunch of questions coming in. So, uh, if you witnessed uh, a UFO, and should this be something you should be prayed over for deliverance from what you saw or you think you saw, especially if it's a demonic being? Yeah, these are uh, these are challenging questions. I will I'll repeat a point I made earlier. Uh, the studies of people who have claimed to have been abducted, so they've had some kind of close encounter with UFO phenomena. Um, sometimes people have been physically injured. Um, almost always, they have psychological problems. Uh, they have uh, uh, nightmares. Uh, um, I think there are many people in the, the mental health profession who would tell you that people who ha have uh, strong association with ufology are usually very 
troubled individuals. Now, again, I don't think most Christians will likely ever see a UFO if, uh, because the vast majority of people don't, and uh, Christians don't have an occult connection. But again, when I was reading all this literature, I had to read about these UFO cults. I had to read about all kinds of uh, strange, unusual. I uh, had all these books in my house because I was trying to write a credible book. Uh, I found it very oppressive. Um, this is not a phenomenon you want to play around with. And again, you can go on the web and you will discover that there are people in the mental health profession who will tell you that whatever this phenomenon is, it is, uh, it is a troubling phenomenon. So um, if there are people who uh, are seeing UFOs or things of that nature, I think that they should talk with their pastor. I think that uh, good counseling can be brought to bear. Um, and again, I mean, we live in a society where because of science fiction, because of all of this, these viewpoints, this is a very common thing. I mean, I mean, imagine half of America believing that there are UFOs. So this is a phenomenon that has had an influence. And I think people who have been hurt or have had strange experiences should seek out counseling from their pastor or from very competent counselors. Mm-hmm. Another uh, listener has said, has uh, Ken heard that the current Pope and Vatican supports the belief in intelligent life on other planets? I believe the disclosure of extraterrestrial beings on Earth that are superior to humans will be part of Satan's lying signs and wonders that deceive many. Well, I, I can tell you this, that... Um the Pope has his own personal astronomers. I have actually met one, and we interviewed him on our program. Uh, the Vatican has an observatory. Uh, so uh, the Catholic Church is very interested in astronomy. I mean, uh, one of the leaders in the development of Big Bang cosmology was a Catholic priest. Um, there, is, uh, there, there are people... Uh, Catholics and others who, who believe it may be possible that God has created life in other worlds. Um, so those kind of elements are, are always out there. But I would differentiate um, maybe SETI and the idea of uh, potential life in other worlds with UFO religion. I think those are kind of two uh, different categories. But th the place where I would agree is I think I think the devil's uh, work is in deception. Mm -hmm. I think that's where he ma that's his major area deception. Mm -hmm. All right, another listener said, uh, "I believe that Jesus Christ is all knowing, and, and is God in the flesh, and there was a creation." I find it to be somewhat interesting that if he didn't mention that the world was indeed round, knowing that a future controversy over whether it was flat or round would erupt. And here we are discussing whether or not alien life forms exist. Do you think that if he thought it was really important, he would have mentioned it? Well, of course, there are some people who uh, read the Bible in light of UFOs and who, who actually believe that maybe there are examples in the Old Testament of, of ufology. 
I'm not one of those people who believes that. Um, of course, there are there are many things uh, that God could have talked about, but the the message of the gospel is that human beings are fallen. They have rebelled against God. Uh, they are in need of redemption. God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, through his life, death, and resurrection, has provided salvation. And we can know that God through faith. So the gospel is very direct. Um, it doesn't address every issue in the natural world or in uh, the spiritual world. Um, but uh, th there are people who obviously are very interested. And um, look, if you don't worship God, uh, it, it, I think it is very natural that if you don't worship the true and living God, you are going to gravitate towards something of having great significance. Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's environmentalism. For other people, it may be extraterrestrial ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, another comment is God would not lie to us. He would say Adam and Eve and green alien. Um, so this listener thinks that Satan will, would want us to waste time. Um, but I do find it curious that if there is a spiritual component to extraterrestrial things because of the demonic world, it is really an interesting thing. And it's probably smart for us to learn something about it. And I, I don't know if I'm if we're necessarily wasting time learning about it. Well, look, there are plenty of people who think, um, you know, UFOs are, to talk about UFO reflects a crackpot point of view. But again, I would insist that our worldviews uh, tell us certain things. And from a Christian point of view, again, I don't think we should become fascinated with the demonic. And uh, I think most evil we find in the world can be explained according to original sin, and we don't need the devil uh, to explain uh, the evil in the heart of human beings. But the Bible does speak to spiritual realities, and if we have thought through these things very carefully, um, there are questions that, that people have, there are big questions that they have, and so, you know, we try to help Christians to kind of think through these kinds of issues, and we think the Christian worldview has real explanatory power, and uh, again, we are talking about, when we talk about residual UFOs, we're talking about maybe 1%. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep it within a, what I would call a reasonable explanatory perspective. Mm -hmm. Ken, it is interesting when uh, listeners will say, boy, this was my ex experience. I don't know what to make of it. But a listener uh, named Janet said, uh, 15 years ago, my family and I were driving through a remote area of New Mexico. In the middle of the night, we saw a series of red blinking lights on the side of our car that followed us. We are believers, but it was creepy. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't doubt that, Janet. Um, the sky is uh, can be an unusual place. Um, there are people who report UFOs, and there are natural explanations. Sometimes there are no natural explanations, and uh, you know it it can be it can be eerie, and um, it, you know again if if this is a type of religious phenomenon, then then the natural categories are not going to be able to, you know, explain all the data. But 
I have met people who are not crackpots who've looked me square in the eye and shared with me unusual things. So um, our book doesn't try to explain everything, but we try to help people to kind of think it through. Mm -hmm. We just have one minute left, Ken, so I'm going to put you on the spot here with only a minute to go. Uh, How should Christians respond to people who are just so fascinated with UFOs? Yeah, very good. I, I, I would use it as a springboard rather than telling them, uh, you know, forget all about all of this. I think we should use it as a springboard. I think what we should do is we should say, well, what is your explanation of these kinds of things? And uh, could it involve a spiritual reality? And uh, if it involves a spiritual reality, is it possible there could be a dark side of this? Uh which could be demonic, and then say to them, but you know, I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus has power over all things in this world and in every reality. So I think maybe we can, we can use it to bring it back to, to spiritual realities, and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I think that's the way I tackle it. Mm -hmm. Ken, I always appreciate uh, you coming on the show. I always learn a lot. You always make me think, and I appreciate all of that. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Ken Samples has been my guest. His book is Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men. That wraps up our show for the day. If you missed any of it, you can always head over to MyFaithRadio.com and check out the podcast or send it on to a friend who might enjoy any of the conversations you heard today. Have a great night, everyone. As you lay your head on the pillow, know that God's working out his great plan in your life. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.